All right, welcome into Four Quarters, episode 14. We're really glad to be back after a COVID delay due to the Ravens and the Steelers not happening until Wednesday, and we wanted to talk about that game, so here it is. Quarter one, we talked about the last night's game and what we thought of that, and then we ran through the last Sunday of football games, even though it's been so long, but we still love it. Then we talked about last week's college football, a little Notre Dame talk, and we even talked about whether the college football playoffs should be expanded. In halftime, Brad went over our picks, uh, bets from last week, and then gave you our new bets for this week. Quarter three, we talked some pro basketball, we talked some college basketball, and all the things that that entail. And then we closed with a very, very, just a terrible argument about whether the Steelers are overrated or not, in my thing is. That's going to close it up for episode 14. I hope you enjoy. Now we're live after much delay, thanks to COVID and the Steelers and Ravens perpetually getting pushed back. We had to wait to record till Thursday. So we're going to have like three episodes in a span of four days. So me and Brad are going to get a lot of talking in. So moving right into quarter one, my Steelers played probably the wait, worst. Wait, 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 wait. We didn't introduce our guy, Jake, our tech guy, we Jake. A new, we got a new guy on the pod. We have a tech guy, Jake Deal. He's going to be sliding us with facts and stats when me and Brad have brain lapses, which is pretty often. So, Deal, say what's up, man. What's going on, everybody? So there it is, Deal, tech guy. You might hear from him every once in a while. He's a fellow Steeler fan, so we have two people with brain cells on the podcast. But speaking of the Steelers, like I said, the Steelers probably played the worst football game I've seen them play in probably a decade. That football game was just straight trash. It was the shittiest game I've watched in a long time. And Brad – I already know what you're going to say, so just let it out. I mean, listen, it was it was awesome to see the Steelers struggle like that, knowing that this the, the Ravens were without their starting quarterback. Then their backup quarterback got hurt, and they still almost blew the game. Um, you know, Trace McSorley's electric two for six, 77 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's I mean, what else can you ask for? I loved seeing the Steelers struggle so very much, and it honestly almost made my night after UNC lost to Texas. But um, – Sadly, the Steelers were still able to come out on top. I still hate the Steelers. I still think they're overrated. And this game, I think, uh, helps my argument a lot more than, uh, than yours is with them, you know, whatever they are. It's just funny that your argument is almost losses instead of actual losses. 11 wins is still 11 wins. 11 up, 11 down. And the game was really bad, and I admit that as a Steelers fan. But what I was really happy to see that after the game, Mike Tomlin said they played bad. Ben Roethlisberger said they played bad. Chase, everyone said they played bad. So it's not a mystery inside that Steelers organization that was a bad football game. I don't think think it was a mystery to anybody in America that they played bad. Okay, Brad. But what I'm saying is clearly they're going to get it fixed. They came out sluggish. And they didn't say this, but I'm going to. When you have to prepare for a game that you don't know when you're going to play, that has to be mentally draining. They were supposed to play on Thanksgiving at 8.20. That gets postponed. They're supposed to play on Sunday. So they get mentally prepared for Sunday. Then it gets pushed again. Then they get mentally prepared for Tuesday, and it gets pushed yet another time to Wednesday. So my thing, my point here is they were probably not mentally ready for this game because they never knew when they actually were going to play. That's not an excuse, but it's a clear reason as to why they came out flat and my problem is with this Steelers team is that they're not being fairly evaluated in terms of the rest of the league and I will talk about that but 
They still won at the end of the day. A win is a win. That is still a divisional rival. And one thing you're going to say about the Cow or the Steelers and the Ravens is that no matter how bad either team is, that game is always good. Always. No, I agree with you. I think it's always a good game. No matter – even though yesterday was a terrible version of the game, I still think that – Always it, competitive. It ended, yeah, it, it's always a competitive game. It's always close. I mean, that's the thing I love about, like, divisional rivalries, especially like that, like Cowboys-Redskins – or Cowboys-Washington, sorry. Not this year, but normally that's still usually a close game. It's a good game. But same with the Steelers and the Ravens. I mean, it's never, it's never something you don't want to turn on. I agree, and I, that's why I wasn't surprised this game wasn't really played exceptionally well. Um, so I can't say this came, came as any type of shock to me, but the Steelers have a tough game coming up on Monday. They play Washington, who is playing better than they have been in the past, and the Steelers have a short week coming up. But I think if they have a good week of practice with a predetermined game time, then I think they're going to come out pretty strong. And the one thing about the Steelers, after they have their little stumble, they always play better the next week. They did it when they played Cleveland. They did it when they played Jacksonville after – or excuse me, they did it when they played Cincinnati after stumbling against Dallas. So this is kind of the rhythm for the Steelers. So I have a feeling this is going to be one of the better Steelers performances we see on Monday. And my last thing, I'm going to go off on a bit of a fan rant. The Ravens asked for an extra day, and the NFL gave it to them. And my problem with that is they just told the Broncos like two days prior that they would not reschedule games for competitive balance and then went and did it two days later. That's my problem. My problem with this game was it should never have been played on Wednesday. It should have been played on either Tuesday or Sunday. And the NFL was just like, oh, we're going to let the Ravens decide when they play. That to me is unacceptable. Yeah, but I still feel like it was a – they they had more COVID cases coming in, and that was like the first. No, guess, no, they didn't. I, no, there's another. No, 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 they, they did. They had they had their last COVID cases came in on Monday. But, Actually, it didn't. They came over the weekend. They were not reported till Monday. Okay, well, all right, well that's different. So, but anyway, I said all right. Well, let me let me finish. Not intentionally done. All right, well, listen. Let me finish this point. I still hate that they waited till Wednesday. I wanted this game Thursday of last week. I was very disappointed that at seven o'clock on uh, Thanksgiving night, I wasn't getting another football game that's, that's right. all I wanted to watch you know it was seven o'clock and there was nothing on the tv we just watched two blowouts happen previously but I mean I also hate the rule I don't get why they couldn't move the Broncos game if they were going to move the Ravens game but in a way I, I kind of understand it to a point but at the same time they should have just played the football game they're pulling a BYU stunt right here where it's like yeah we don't really want to play them yeah, so the Ravens were definitely ducking us, and they got what they wanted on Wednesday. They got an extra day of practice, and they got the Steelers a little off their schedule because I don't care what you say, having your game postponed three times has got to do nothing but throw you off your rhythm. Oh, absolutely, and especially playing on a Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock. 3.40. In the, in the JV basketball time slot. I mean, yeah, that's not something you expect to do. To come out and play dominantly, but I knew since we didn't play rock star football, everyone was going to give us some guff because the Steelers don't score 80, 85 points a game. Apparently, that's what you have to do to be a good football team now. In a, in a, way, I, in a way, I did kind of expect the Steelers. I, I thought that the Steelers were kind of going to come out and, and blow the Ravens out considering that they were starting RG3 at quarterback, who is RG3. I mean, he's not the greatest. They were missing, what, like 20-something players or something like that. So I, th- I honestly was in full belief that the Steelers were going to come out and beat them by 40, which well, didn't happen. And Here's the thing. If you look at the game, the reason the game was so close was more Steeler mistakes than Raven execution. They only scored one touchdown 
or they scored two touchdowns. Let me let me preface that. The first touchdown came off a muffed punt, and they got the ball at the twelve yard line. The second came in garbage time when Trace Trace McSorley throw it on a dime. Anyways, he's, he's a good that guy. was the second touchdown that came minute minute and a half left in the game. So really, a garbage touchdown if you really want to look at it. But the Steelers also had three touchdowns that were dropped. And another pass for a first down that would have kept the drive going that was dropped. So it was really more Steeler mistakes than Raven being the Ravens really making it competitive. So if the Steelers had have lost this game, I would have been telling you that the Steelers lost it. The Ravens didn't win it. Yeah, no, I would, I would completely agree with you, but I would still just be looking at the fact that the Steelers were lost. And I'm still waiting on it. I'm still hoping on it. And like I said, I'm going to ride my Sean Taylor energy into Monday night and Washington will beat the Steelers. Hey, how many wins do the Panthers have? What, like four? Checkmate. Anyways, um, we're going to do a quick round on the NFL. Uh, Brad, you want to alternate? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. The Texans carve up the Lions on Thanksgiving. Sean Watson returns to his old form, and the Lions just need to stop playing on Thanksgiving. Brad, thoughts? Any? None? Uh, no, that was a terrible football game. It was great at first, and then it ended up as a blowout. Deshaun Watson finally figured out how to throw the football again. Moving on to the next game, we had the Washington football team destroying and dismantling the Dallas Cowboys, which kind of sh- caught me off guard. But like I said, I had the Sean Taylor energy. I was wearing my Sean Taylor jersey, and it just felt good. It felt great. And they went out there. Antonio Gibson putting up four T or th- what three TDs? I mean, they just they, they just played the best football game that they've played all year. Yeah, the football team won a football game. Now I'm not really thinking the Redskins are going to be a world beaters because they beat a Cowboys team that really doesn't seem like they like to play football. Honestly, this Mike McCarthy guy does not seem to know how to motivate people. On and they just they had, had their... the best defense in the league, and they suck. And they also had uh, they also had their strength coach die. So uh, I yeah, could rest see. In peace. Yeah, rest in peace. So I could see some deflation there. The Falcons will not be raided. In fact, they kind of raided the Raiders. Las Vegas loses forty three to six to a Falcons team who we all kind of counted out. This is just the thing with the Raiders. They can play really well against the Chiefs, and then they play down to their competition. They're kind of like the Steelers from a couple of years ago. I don't really buy this Raiders team. I think they're kind of – if they make the playoffs, they're going to be a first-round bounce. I will say this. I expected the Raiders to come back in the fourth quarter down by 30, and I was just waiting for it to happen, and I was waiting for the Monday storyline to be the Falcons blow another lead. Didn't happen, didn't occur, but that's okay. Falcons finally hold on to a lead. Yeah, which was which was kind of impressive, and they put up a lot of points. So good for them, and um, and that and that's that. So next game we got what we got Chargers Bills. Ooh, hold up one second for me, real quick. I mean, I don't really know what to say. The Chargers are the Chargers. They need to fire their head coach. Um, the Bills, you know, they played pretty good football. I don't think they played the best football game that they could have. I thought that um, Josh Allen was going to be done and down and out for the count after he looked like he hurt his knee in the middle of the game. But yeah, that's really the only storylines from that game. I mean. The Chargers played Charger football. The Bills went out there, won the game. There was nothing too exciting that really happened in that one. Yeah, Buffalo doesn't really look like world beaters, and Anthony Lynn's got to go. Whoever the next hiring, um, whoever the next head coach hire is, needs to throw the ball every down of the game. Derrick Henry, Bucks, the Colts. Derrick Henry is just an animal, and the Colts got embarrassed right now. Um, I, I, the Colts were a team that I was really like hopeful on AFC champions maybe, but then it was kind of like, well, maybe not. So I don't, I, I have decided I know nothing for certain except that the Kansas city chiefs are the best team in football. That's all I know. All right. Amen to that. I'm glad you at least said that. All right. This one hurts to talk about. This is sore subject. It's a touchy subject. I'll use the line that you put in there. The Vikings win a sly one. As painful as that is to say, Joey Sly misses a game winning field goal at the end of the game. Panthers, 
blew up on defense in the fourth quarter in that last possession, letting up a touchdown to some dude named like BB or something like that, which is absolutely ridiculous. You should never lose to a guy named BB when Kirk Cousins is throwing him the football. But that's a conversation for another day. Carolina loses the game 28-27. I mean, we're right now sitting in the sixth spot uh, in the draft. So, honestly, is that a big loss? It's It's probably a great loss for us, to be honest. Well, it's weird to be cheering for a team for a top draft pick. Anyways, I don't know who Sly was kicking it to, but it certainly wasn't the goal. He's done, it th- he's done it three times this year, and it frustrates me. Granted one, of them, granted, one, granted, one of them was 67 yards to try and beat the Chiefs, but that one was not. Uh, kicker's kryptonite, another kicker, shanked Apotamus. Uh, I'm not sure his name, but it's Gonzalez, and he blew a win, another win for the Cardinals, and it wasn't super cam. Let's get that very clear. The guy didn't throw a touchdown through two more interceptions. Yeah, but he ain't complaining. Yeah, but he sucks. Um, if it wasn't for Gonzalez pushing a chip shot, then we don't have this conversation. Moving on next, don't even bring up Cam. All right, I won't. Dolphins, I mean, they beat the Jets. The Jets are 0-11. The Jets suck. I mean, that's clear as day. They scored three points in the whole f- football game. They were held scoreless through the r- last three quarters of the game. Fitzpatrick came in. I mean, he had a decent football game, two touchdowns. Uh, Tua is a question mark. Don't know, what, don't know what's going to happen with him. I think they just need, he needs more time to grow. But to nobody's surprise, the Dolphins end up beating the, the Jets, and the Jets are going to lose every game this year. Yeah, this team needs to not be called the Jets anymore because they haven't even gotten off the ground yet. The Browns almost hit the skids. I know you like that one. Um, only beat the Jags by two. I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, this game was not a good game. I don't know what to say about it. The Jags sucks. The Browns, who knows what you're going to get week to week. Baker was talking shit, even though they only won by two to a team they probably should have beat by 21. Yeah, I mean, the Browns are going to get into the playoffs and lose in the first round, but they're going to get off of that, that playoff drought that has you know, held them back for so very long. All right, uh, moving on to Saints-Broncos. I don't know what to talk about. I don't even know if you can qualify this game as a football game, considering that there wasn't a quarterback on the field. Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. He's an athlete. And what Kendall Hinton, I believe is his name, is a practice squad wide receiver. Again, not a quarterback. Uh, I mean, the Saints completely blew the Broncos out of the water. Kind of surprised. I mean, Taysom Hill didn't even, you know, throw for a touchdown. I don't even – yeah, there was no passing touchdowns in this football game. It was kind of – I didn't even watch it. It was boring to watch. Red zone, didn't really have much to say about it. Um Kendall Hinton played exactly as I expected him to terribly. I mean, poor guy's a practice card receiver, and like a day before the game, they're like, yeah, but you get to start. Didn't even know everybody's name on the uh, name on the team, so the Saints got to play a scrimmage game. And they know so little about Kendall Hilton that when Bleacher Report posted him, they posted Jamie Newman. It wasn't even him. Listen, I'm, I'm honestly, I wish that the NFL would have allowed them to play their assistant coach. I would have loved to see that, but big liability issue. The 49ers strike gold and somehow beat the Rams. This Rams team is another team that I can't figure out. And I'm starting to think that with this NFL COVID season, I just need to stop making predictions because I have no idea. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we talked about this last week when we were talking. Jer- the the Rams play good when Jared Goff decides to show up and and do his thing. When Jared Goff's hitting, when Jared Goff's on, they're fine. They're gonna do their thing. When he's off, they're not gonna win a game. They're not gonna score very many points. They're not gonna beat anybody, which we've seen before. We saw it in the Super Bowl a few years ago, and I think that's gonna continue to be the case until he figures out how to be a consistent guy that they can count on week to week. Tom Brady kneels before the Chiefs. And I just like this because it's kind of we're seeing Tom Brady is not the Tom Brady we're used to. Tom Brady is not having a good season. Can we just make it clear to everybody? I'm not saying he's washed. I'm not saying he's washed up. I'm just saying he probably doesn't have as much chemistry with all these weapons as he's 
would like to. I mean, he's got A.B., Mike Evans, Gronk, Cameron Brait, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, LaShawn McCoy. Need I say more? This team should be putting up 45 a game, especially with the defense that they have, and they're not. Part of it is Brady's age. Part of it is they don't have chemistry. But this Bucks team is not winning a Super Bowl this year. Let's just make that clear. All I gotta say is I'm glad you flipped that to Brady's not from Brady's not having a good season to he's not meshing well with those guys because Brady's he's actually not sti- a good season. Statistically, he's not doing terribly. He's actually looking pretty good. He's throwing the ball down. I think he's second. He's second in deep balls down the field behind Aaron Rodgers, which is something a 43 year old quarterback shouldn't be doing. And he's never been really known for chucking deep balls down the field except for when he had Randy Moss as his number one guy. So. I've been impressed with what Tom Brady's doing, but I, be- I agree with you in the fact that he just doesn't mesh well with any of those guys. They brought in a bunch of big names. They're not going to beat great teams until they're completely together as a whole, and I don't think that'll happen this year. Well, Tom Brady is chunking up some picks, though. That you can't deny. Trubisky is still trash. I have been trying to come up with a good like pun for Trubisky's last name, like Trubisky. Buns, but I just can't. It doesn't. There's something there, but I can't figure it out. But when I do, you'll know. It's honestly but, not worth the energy because he's just awful. The Bears are awful. Yeah, he's just not good. Aaron Rodgers even said after the game, "I just like beating the Bears." I've got an idea for Mitch's nickname. All right, what do you got? What do you got, Jake? What do you got for us? Deal first contribution to the podcast. Hopefully, it's a good one. Cherbivsky. No, maybe. Nah, I didn't even get that. What? It, he biffs it, dude. He biffs it? Trubisky? Trubisky. Who is biff? What is a biffing? Yeah, you're an English <laughs> major. I need you to tell me what well, a biff is. I'm an English major. I don't even know what biffing is. Okay, so when somebody, like, totally messes up, totally fucks up, or eats it, or I guess this is me showing my skate culture a little. I don't fucking know. That's biff? Biffing, biffing is where you really fuck something up, like, bad. Well, we're going to blow by Biffing. I've said this before, and I said it again. Jake is the smart guy on this podcast, and I think it's clear as day now. Biff, I didn't know it was a word. Biff isn't uh, a word. Biff is a name, son. I agree with him. Biff's a word. All right. Moving on. Trubisky's still trash. I guess we're calling him Trubisky. I don't know. We're going to blow past that. Carson Wentz, and you're going to notice I spelled Wentz like Wentz, like W-I-N-C, because it's starting to get really, really bad. And I have tried and tried and tried to defend Carson Wentz, and it's just bad. Jalen Hurts needs to be the quarterback. I hated. I hate when they bring him in for a play, and then they're like, "Ah, you're done. Come on, come on, back out." We're it's a pretty big. Te- it's a pretty big tease, but I also don't think Jalen Hurts is the answer. I don't think it's the answer either. But they could at least start playing him to see if he can do something better than Carson Wentz, because I guarantee you he could. I'm not going to say he's going to go out there and win him a Super Bowl like Nick Foles did, but I bet you he'll put them in a better position than they were on Monday night against maybe, Seattle. Maybe, maybe. That's going to wrap up our NFL recap. Um, wild week. Sorry it's so late. I know this happened like five days ago. You guys probably don't even remember these football games, but we're going to try to get it on time next week. Hopefully the NFL can get their shit together. Moving on quarter two, we're going to roll from the pros to the Joes. Well, not the Joes, but the amateurs. College football. First game on the docket. Oh, Brad. Oh, sweet Brad. Look at his face. This is definitely a clip. Look at him. Look at him. Brad, do you know that my Favorite football teams are 20 and 0 right now. I haven't watched a football team lose, one of my football teams lose since last year. Isn't that listen, beautiful? Listen, Isn't listen, that- let me let me let me say this real quick. Let me say this real quick. So so for for a long time, right? You've you've, you've always told me you're a Panthers fan, you're you're a UNC guy, you're a Carolina fan, so you like mediocrity. You've always yeah, you, this is what you tell me. You've told me that I like mediocrity. You do. I, 
think it's less of mediocrity. I think it's more like I like getting my heart broken at the very last second. Not that this game can is makes a case for it, but UNC was in this game in the first half. They look good defensively. I mean, that's still a question mark. That you can't say their defense is great, but they were in the game. I mean, it was it, they was tied at halftime. They, I believe, they should have been up at halftime, but then they screwed it up at the end of the first half. But then the second half, they came out and didn't do anything. Their offense just couldn't get it, couldn't get anything going. I blame the play calling. I know that they'll be able to fix that, but I think that was a big – I mean, we have a top 10 passer, a top 10 rusher, and a top 10 receiver, which is uh, one of two teams in the country to do, and the only other one is Alabama. So this offense is good. Defense is terrible. We were in the game. Offensive play calling slowed down, and that's why they lost the game. It was heartbreaking to watch, and I hated that it had to be to Notre Dame. I know. I'm going to become more insufferable with each win that my team has. I hope you understand that. I've been dealing with that since the season started. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun for you if we win on Monday. Moving on. Actually, also, I'm from Carolina. I don't like that shit. And I'm from Carolina. I've never heard of biffing. So this North Carolina thing, apparently I'm not a real North Carolinian. Anyways, Florida is still rolling. Kyle Trask is working his way up into the Heisman conversation. I think Florida should be in it. I think they should be in the college football playoff, man. I don't let me let me let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do you take Ohio State out and put Florida in? A hundred percent. We're gonna talk about that literally later in this quarter. A hundred percent. Ohio State's played like four games. Yeah. And I don't know because what what is the number they gotta hit? Six or something like that? And honestly, I don't even I don't I don't even know if they're gonna get two more games in with the way. And let me let me say this. The one thing that I hate the most is that and I, I, forget, I forget what I was listening to yesterday. I think it was honestly part of my take I was listening to yesterday. And they were talking about how it seems like teams are really just they're, – they're weighing too much – they're leaning too much on the COVID thing. And they're saying like, okay, well, maybe we don't, you know, have uh, a ton of COVID cases. Yeah, we have, a, we have some, but it's not enough to where it should keep us from playing. But then they're just like, hey, I don't want to go out and get beat by 60 to, you know, a Bama, to a, to, a, to a Florida, stuff like that. And they're just throwing in the towel early. I mean, at the end of the day, if I'm going to push you in the college football playoff, you have to have played football. Like, I don't think that's so complicated. And I think if you take some of the points that we've had earlier in the year where we were talking about wins are going to be more crucial because you're playing a conference-only schedule and beating a team by 60 is going to matter when you're playing these teams that are very down. And their last win was only by seven. Exactly, and, they don't, and, they, and they're, not going to, they're not going to have the amount of, of big wins that they're going to need to put them over an A&M, put them over even a, a Cincinnati. I'm glad that BYU's playing Coastal this weekend. I also think I am too. I also think Florida needs to beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. I don't feel comfortable putting Florida in as a two-loss team. But right now, their only losses are the number five team in the country, and they're the number six team. If they beat Alabama in the, in the SEC championship game, put Florida in. I don't care who you have to take out. Put I'll, agree, I'll agree with you. If, if, if they beat Alabama in the they, SEC championship, they the won't. Team, but if they I don't do. Care who you lost to. No, they, they, they won't beat Bama. But yes, if they beat Bama, they, that game is going to be an offensive shootout, and I'm all for it. Hammer the over. Hammer the over. Speaking of Bama, they won the quote-unquote Iron Bowl, but it's starting to look like the tissue bowl. Auburn was helpless, and Bo Nix I don't think is the answer. Bo Nix is not an NFL quarterback. Auburn's got some rehauling to do, and I hate to tell Auburn fans, you're in for a rough couple years because this doesn't look good. I honestly feel bad for Auburn fans because their basketball team also sucks this year too, so it's just kind of like a one-two punch right to the dome. The last good Iron Bowl game was the kick year of the kick six, and I honestly don't think it'll ever get back to that until Nick Saban gets out of Bama, and then like five years after that, unless they pull somebody else in to coach that team that is just as good and dominant as Nick Saban is. 
Yeah, some things are going to have to change in Auburn. Some things that haven't changed, Trevor Lawrence with that hair is basically Thor. The man cannot be stopped. This dude had three weeks off, right? In my mind, I was like, this dude's going to be rusty. You know, they're going to struggle 52 to 7. Like, it was nothing. I was like, who is this man? If, he, if you think they're not, if he's not going to go number one, you need to reevaluate your opinions on football. I, I think – I don't care. He's going number one. If you take Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence, you're an idiot. No, I think, and I think you have to. I think you have to ride with that. I mean, especially this year. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've seen them the same amount this year, but like Justin Fields hasn't done as much throughout his entire career as a quarterback in college because Trevor's been starting for the past three seasons. He's got what two two natties, one natty. He's got one. He's got one, and then lost. He's got two. Yeah, he beat Alabama twice and then lost to Ohio State. Oh, that's right, that's right. No, no, yeah, only, I was gonna say he's only a junior. He's only got he's only got the one. Trevor Lawrence is a junior or a senior. He's a junior because remember he's got one more year. He can still get on it. He'll hit us. I'm I'm almost a thousand percent positive that he is a junior. How many? Because he can come back and play another year at Clemson. Is Trevor Lawrence not go to the Jets? He does it because he they want to keep him from going to the Jets. He can stay in Death Valley. Get on that for us. See what year Trevor Lawrence is. I'm on it right now. I'm about 300%. I'd put $50 on it right now that he's a junior. With Did he redshirt as a freshman or was he a true freshman? No, he's a true freshman. He came and started he a true, true freshman. freshman. Yeah. That's why it was a big deal. All right. Wikipedia is reporting his class as a junior. Uh, Damn, However, dude. that is Wikipedia, so I'm going to look more into it. But right now, I believe, I believe Wikipedia. And I feel, like, I feel like as sports guys, we should know that. Uh, we definitely should. But, but, but it's going to be two after this year. Moving on. I put LSU on here for really no reason because they're really irrelevant, but I just want to talk about the drop-off from winning a national title to being one of the worst teams in college football is honestly, at this point, hilarious. Well, to me, to me, it's really like everybody was, I feel like everybody was really high up on Ed Orgeron last year. And I love Ed Orgeron as a person. Like, I feel like he's a great guy. You know, he's funny. He likes to do his thing. He goes out, has a good time, whatever. As a, for, as a coach though, he has shown that he is, not among the elites. Like before Joe Burrow was there, before last season, what did they do? Nothing. They they they'd been dead. They'd been down in the dumps. They'd been just as bad as they were this year. They had one good year because they had literally the best players in the country. I mean, even even you look at them, look at those guys now in the NFL, and those guys are still ballers. Like Joe Burrow was balling before he got hurt. Justin Jefferson is balling right now. So I think that he had one good recruiting class and. I mean, I don't think he'll ever get back to where they were a year ago. They caught lot. This team caught lightning in a bottle, and I think Ed Orgeron was the perfect bookend to the story that was LSU last year. A bunch of underdog guys. Ed Orgeron was that way. Their quarterback was that way. Joe Burrow, a transfer, finally getting his spot. So I think Ed Orgeron was perfect for the LSU team last year when they win a national championship game. But we all knew he wasn't a great coach. He got lucky. I mean, he – just lucked into one of the best college football teams of all time. And now we're seeing that when he doesn't have the talent, he's not a really good buttoned-up coach. Because in my mind, I know they lost a lot, but there's no reason for you to not be this good after winning a national title game. I mean, think about what Alabama does. They lose bunch of got bunches and bunches of guys to the draft every year. And then the next year, they're the same team. Well, the big the big problem now is, is the fact with, with them – 
being so bad this year. I've seen a numerous amounts of people decommitting from LSU and looking for other places because they know that LSU is not the team they were a year ago. And I don't think that they'll get, like I said, I don't think they get back to it anytime soon. I don't either. We just talked about Ohio State. I'm bringing them up again. I have them here in my, in our outline. They didn't play this weekend. And we kind of touched on this earlier, but Ohio State needs to play some games. And I heard this mentioned by Kirk Herbstreet, and I want to get your opinion on it. Michigan could duck Ohio State the last game of the season, and Ohio State's out. They're done. Yeah, no, I heard that. I heard that. Do you think this is something Michigan does? Listen, if Michigan does that, if Michigan does that, then I hope to God that Ohio State can somehow never schedule them again because that is the biggest, weakest move I've ever heard of, which I get it from a Michigan perspective. You don't want to play Ohio State. You want nothing to do with Ohio State. They are going to beat the brakes off of Michigan. But if they duck them and it – and I don't even – like, yes, obviously, if Ohio State gets to six games and they're 6-0, and I don't see anybody taking them out of the college football playoff. As much as we can sit here and argue that they really probably don't deserve it this year. And in a way, it's not necessarily 100% their fault, and I feel bad, but, like, they – if we're doing this based off of how good of a football team you are from what we've seen the current year, Ohio State can't be in that top four. There's teams playing better than them. Here's I would absolutely – go ahead. This is a twofold problem. You put Ohio State in, there's going to be a lot of people like Florida fans, A&M fans. Hey, how are you going to put a team that has not played as much as we have into the college football playoff over us? And then if you go, okay, we're going to put Florida in or Texas A&M in or whoever – then you go, hey, how are you not putting in the number two overall draft pick into the college football playoff? How do you do that? So you have some rationalization to do. So I'm saying if you have Ohio State in or out, you better have a damn good reason. And my reason is they're just not playing enough. And I know that's not their fault, but that's kind of the way the cookie crumbles, especially with the year we're having, especially the way 2020 rolls. I mean, they just have to play. I mean, that's why I thought before the season started, Ohio State should have just been a temporary member of the SEC and just played the SEC schedule. They wouldn't have to deal with this. I mean, I would have made a drastic move like that to have a more, like, formidable resume for the College Football Selection Committee because I wouldn't want to be on this committee right now because right now their job is probably the hardest in the country outside of the new presidents. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely – it's it's such a it's such a hard spot, and I mean I think I think honestly if they get to six games, they're unbeaten. I mean they're gonna win the big with the Big Ten. They're gonna win it regardless. There's no other team in there that's gonna put up a give them a run. I mean Indiana came close, but I think that was gonna be the best team that gave them a run for their money, and they already beat them. So, I mean, and I Indiana like you said, I would. Oh yeah, that is right. I forgot about that. Oh shoot, I completely forgot about that. That changes my halftime bets, but we'll get there in a minute. Um, but yeah, I mean I. It, it's a hard conversation to have either way, but I, st- I still think Florida or A&M, if either of them come out with the SEC, then I think you have to give it to them. Or, like, then, then they have to get booted. Like, there's no way around it. Because the, the SEC, cause in order to win the SEC, you've got to beat Bama. And Bama right now is the best team in college football. Ohio State, prepare for some disappointment. Um, we're going to touch on the college football playoff again in just a moment, but – Coastal's playing BYU, and this is the most I've been hyped for a college football game all year as a Notre Dame fan. I am so excited to watch Coastal play BYU because this is Coastal's really first test. This is a real 
college football team. This college football team plays some real competition. This is the best team that Coastal is going to see all year. Shame on Liberty for ducking Coastal Carolina. Shame on Liberty. But I am so pumped, so pumped for this game. Well, listen, I was already super pumped to see Coastal play Liberty. I was super excited for that game because Liberty is a good football team. I think Liberty is a great football team. And I've been high on them for weeks now, and you know that. But And I definitely like that. Yeah, and I hate that they made that move, but I like that Coastal went out and seeked another team. They went to try and find somebody to play to fill that gap. And that's kind of what and, – and, and I'm glad BYU is a team they're playing because BYU was already under heat for – what they do? They ducked Utah, didn't they? I believe a couple of weeks ago they, they dipped out of that game. So, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's good for both sides. I think it'll be a great game. I love that both of them are ranked. And, I mean, is this going to put either team in the college football playoff? Probably not. I doubt it. I guarantee you it doesn't. But I still think it'll be great for just college football in general. Because, I mean, looking, if you look at the um, list, the schedule for this weekend, there's not many great games. Like, I mean, oh, Indiana, Indiana's playing Wisconsin, but Indiana's without a quarterback. Wisconsin's, you know, they're okay. So, also, by the way, for future grammatical reference, it's sought out, not seek. But just wanted to throw that out there for you. I don't remember what I said, but I believe you. Just, just next time. Just for next time. Sorry, I'm not an English major. We talked college football playoff a little bit. And I think this is – if we weren't talking about something else, this would have been my thing. The college football playoff needs to be at least six teams, maybe even eight, because you get in these situations where you have teams on the outside looking in that are good enough to compete with some of these teams that are in the top four. I think it's time, like, we need to stop taking only four teams to the college football playoff. Take six, take eight, make the championship week longer. And I, first of all, you're going to make more money because it's more football. It's going to be more a bigger, a bigger sense of urgency. Then you can, like, turn some of these bowl games into some more meaningful games. Like, you can have the first round of the playoff be the Orange Bowl or the Cotton Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Allstate, whatever, PlayStation, Meineke Car Care Bowl. We have all these bowls that don't mean anything. Some of them need to start meaning something. So you have – that's what, was, that's what I was going to say. Four teams, whatever. Well, see, that's what I was going to say. There were so many bowl games now. Like, I feel like, like you know, Tech's got that big, long streak of making bowl games for God knows how long. But, but and, yeah, at first it's impressive. And, yeah, it's still impressive. Like, they're still continuing to get into the bowl games. But, like, there's so many of them now. Like, it's, I feel like it's super easy for teams to get into bowl games. So, and, and in order to make December – more interesting and to to bring more people to watch the sport and want to watch the sport when NFL's ending, the NFL playoffs are just beginning, when basketball's starting, you know, at least for this year. Like, you could just grab everything together, literally just make it to eight teams. I don't think it would be super difficult to do. And I don't get why – because they voted on it, what, this year? I'm pretty sure they voted on to see if they wanted to expand the college football playoff. And I don't get their reasoning for not doing so. I think that it just makes perfect and complete sense. The more teams – you, that play against each other, the better teams are going to make it all the way. And it's going to be – and there will be less blowouts. Like, the first couple games will be blowouts, but, like, there will be those, you know, your three versus your fours, and your, your – those goes games will be a lot more competitive in the middle. Plus, there's going to be more room for upsets. Um, moving on, sliding into halftime. Um, uh, our bets from last week, mine didn't hit. Uh, one point short. On uh, whoever I picked last week, I believe it was Texas A&M. They only won by 13, supposed to win by 14, didn't get that done. They changed the line on me in the Seahawks-Eagles game. Seahawks won by six. They were supposed to win by six and a half. But at the time I made the bet, they were supposed to be five and a half. So, 
my bad to whoever, whoever listened to me on my gambling tips. Brad, how'd yours pan out for you? Well, I had uh, West Virginia plus 11 against Oklahoma, and sadly uh, that game got postponed. I think it's next week, though, so I'm going to check the lines on it, and I'll probably still run that one again. But I had WVU plus 11. Obviously, they didn't play. Then I had the Chiefs and the Bucks in the over at, I think it was 56 and a half, I believe is what I had it at, or what I told people to go with, and it didn't hit for some unknown reason. When the Chiefs took off in the first half, I really was like, okay, bet, like, you know. It's going to hit. It'll hit easy. It might hit in the third quarter. We'll be fine. And then it didn't, and it really, you know, put a damper on my, uh, on my Sunday. So, Well, moving on, hopefully we can do better this week. My bets for this week, some of my best bets, some of the, hot, the locks, I think, UNC's favored 49.5 points. And let me tell you something. This defense is not good enough to hold a 50-point lead. I understand they're playing Western Carolina, but when you have a spread this big, there's always a chance you're going to lose in like a garbage-time field goal or a, a garbage-time touchdown, or maybe the backup comes in, throws a pick six. There's too much that could happen with a defense that I'm not really confident in in, Car- in Chapel Hill where I'm betting against a 49.5-point spread. For my pro bet, Eagles are playing the Packers, and I'm thinking I'm taking Eagles not to win the game, just to cover the spread, and here's why. I think this is one of those games where the Eagles just come out and play their just play as hard as they can, play their butts off, and keep it close. The Packers are a team that, can in, that are inconsistent and a defense that's not necessarily top-notch. And I think we saw like glimmers of hope for the Eagles, and I think if they can just put a couple more plays together, they're better than we think they are. So I think this is one of those oddball games where the Eagles kind of surprise everybody but still get beat. All right, so my bets for this week. So originally I had Indiana plus 14, but I forgot that they're missing their starting quarterback. So that kind of negates that bet. I would not take it, and I would honestly trust Wisconsin to beat them by 14 because Indiana's offense was good. Actually, you know what? I take that back. Indiana has a legitimate defense, and Wisconsin can play good when they want to. I don't see them doing it this week. I think that game will be within 14, but I'll do with the other bet. I'll add on. I'll do three this week just because I had a second one picked already in case I didn't feel like going with that one. Alabama will cover 30. They'll beat with LSU by 30. It'll be easy. That's a plus 20. That's a 29 and a half right now. Uh, I'd drop the house on Alabama covering that. And then the Who's second house? one. Your house? Yeah, my house. The house that I don't even own. I would uh, 100% uh, – betted on uh, Alabama beating LSU by more than 30. Uh, the second game I have is the Cardinals game. Uh, I missed – I forgot to mark down who they were playing against. But um, actually, I think it's like – I think it's Cardinals-Seattle maybe. I can't, I can't remember. Rams. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I was wrong. Cardinals-Rams. I'm taking the over in that game. It's only at 48 and a half. The Rams offense is hit or miss, but I think against this Cardinals defense, they're going to play very well, and I think that Jared Goff is going to have a good game, especially coming off of a loss last week to the 49ers. And I also think that Kyler Murray and that Cardinals offense, once they get Larry Fitz back in there, and D-Hop will be – I mean, not that Larry Fitzgerald's a game-changer completely, but he's still just a guy you have to look out for. I mean, what do they got to score? Like 24 points apiece? I definitely could see that happening. All right, moving out of halftime, we're going to talk uh, some NBA and – college basketball in quarter three the houston rockets and the washington wizards struck up a deal they traded uh russell westbrook for john wall and the wizards gave up a first round pick and that's not something i really like brad what are your thoughts on this i don't i don't like it i mean i definitely think all right so if they had just done like a player to player trade where it was just john wall for james harden or james harden sorry that'd be crazy (laughs) it was just john wall for russell westbrook then i'd have to say that the the uh 
Wizards won that trade by a mile. I mean, not that John Wall's a bad basketball player, but I definitely think that Russell Westbrook is better than John Wall. But adding in that first-round pick, I definitely think that they needed to add a pick in there, that the, that the Rockets needed one, but I don't really think the Wizards should have per se given up a first-round pick. But at the same time, I feel like picks in the NBA mean less and less every year because unless you have a lottery pick in that top spot, I mean, you're going to get a guy that's, you know, he'll come in and be a role player for you. You know, he'll, he'll play well, but he might only be there for two years and then he's out of there. I don't like this trade for either sides because, honestly, these people, these guys are the same player. I mean, John Wall and Russell Westbrook play a very similar game. They rely mostly on their athleticism. They're not great shooter. They're aging, and they just attack, attack, attack the rim. And, you know, they're guys that need the ball in their hand. And I don't see Russell Westbrook and Jalen Wall working together, and I don't see – excuse me. I don't see Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal working together, and I don't see John Wall and James Harden working together. The only working together that John Wall and, J- and James Harden will have will be in the strip clubs. A hundred percent. Houston is going to get burned to the ground, but that basketball team is going to suck. As long as James Harden needs 45,000 dribbles of possession to get a shot off, the, this, this Houston team's not going anywhere. Like, they signed Boogie Cousins, which – cool, I guess. I don't know. Who cares? Um but, yeah, I don't really like this trade. It's weird. It's odd. I mean, I guess, you know, I feel like they just shook hands with each other and said good luck. So what's really weird about this, too, is that uh, apparently there's talks from ESPN that this trade was made in order to keep Beal and Harden in their respective teams because apparently Harden's been talking about wanting to leave Houston, and so has Bradley Beal. So what's weird is that – John Wall is the take to keep Harden in Houston thoughts. I didn't even think about that, but that's a good point. I mean, if you're going to keep James Harden in Houston, I would think it would take more than John Wall and Boogie Cousins. I think James Harden and John Wall would get together as, like, friends, but as teammates, no. So, yeah, that's a good point. I don't really see this as a incentive for J- or for James Harden to stay. This doesn't show a shift in culture or a shift in direction for the Rockets at all. Well, and what also kind of throws me off is if you look at it from the Washington side of things, because I don't think that Bradley Beal needs somebody like Russell Westbrook with him. I, I definitely think he needs somebody else in order to be on a successful franchise to help him work better. But I feel like Russell Westbrook's the opposite kind of guy that he needs because Russell Westbrook, as we've known for years, is a stat pattern. I mean, he's all up and down the court. He's all up and over, but it's more like it's He's on the bat. It's his team, and then there's just four other guys on the court with him that just happen to take up space. So I feel like that's kind of going to go. It's going to hurt. I feel like it might hurt Bradley Beal a little bit. But it's interesting that it that that's what they're talking about being the reason for Bradley Beal and James Harden to stay there. What's even weirder too is that Wall hasn't even played a game since 2018. That's right. I forgot he got hurt. And I not Achilles it? and his knee. And I don't think – I'm pretty sure he's not set to come back until, like, mid to the end of January at this point, I think right. is what there was talk about. So that adds even so this, more So this deal just gets worse and worse. Exactly. Yeah, it really does. Like, it kind of – I mean, I mean, I loved looking at Twitter yesterday after this happened because everybody was just really like, what the heck? Like, when it came up on my phone yesterday when I got the notification, I was just kind of like, wait a minute, what? And it's just kind of like – it takes you back because it's not like – like, yeah, these, both, these two guys, you know, they're both pretty big names in basketball, but it's like I've never – I feel like I've never seen a trade that's like – like this where it's just two number one guys on a team just being swapped out basically and going to places that they probably won't prosper in no i mean and it was it's weird to see 
Russell Westbrook just to be a one and done in Houston, but I kind of expected that to happen. I didn't think that was going to work out. Moving on. I don't really want to talk about this because I know it's going to bring up a conversation that we've had probably a hundred times. But LeBron just signed a massive extension, two years, I believe. Do you, do you know the, the details of that contract by chance? I only, do. Give me one second. I got it pulled up here. I was going to uh, say, the only details I do know is that LeBron's making $5,000 a minute. So. so it is a two-year contract extension for $85 million. He's got a uh, raise from last season to $41 million uh, for 2021-22. Um, and then he's got another jump for 2022 and 2023 for $44.5 million to finish out the contract. Um Big money. That's a, big that's a wealthy man right there. That's a lot of money. But we can't say he doesn't deserve it. I mean, the Lakers, they won their first championship since I don't know when. A decade. Um, since Kobe. Since a the decade. late great Kobe. Um, so, you know, I can't, say that, I can't say that this guy doesn't deserve his money. I mean, I think you, you had to pay him. I mean, and even if this is a deal where he's getting paid – like at the end of his career where they're just stacking his contracts on the back half of his career. I'm okay with it. He deserves it. I have no problem with this signing. I think the Lakers are probably going to be repeat con- contenders, if not repeat champions. Well, listen, I think that the, the interesting the, – the one reason I really wanted to talk about this is like, yeah, okay, cool. LeBron's getting his money. The man's getting paid. He's got enough money already. He'll be wealthy till he dies, and, you know, his kids will be wealthy, whatever. The, the interesting part of this trade is – and I don't know if this is what he intended it, but he didn't put a player option or even a team option in that – in the last, in the, an extra year on the end of that contract. And that year where he would have gotten a player option or a team option is the same year that if they change the rule in college basketball to where you can just go straight from high school to the league, Bronny will be eligible to play in the NBA in that year that LeBron was, is supposed to become an unrestricted free agent. I'm not going to entertain that conspiracy theory, but uh, it's got a little ground to it, honestly. Um Right now, I like having Jake on this. He goes with my conspiracies. Hey, look, I love a good conspiracy. It, it, he's going to be free agent 2023 at 38, which is a little bit up there, but it's also LeBron. So you take it with a grain of salt. Um, He'll retire at 40. <laughs> and, uh, He'll retire when he's 40. Apparently, Adam Silver has said, uh, to quote The Guardian, uh, high school players will be able to go straight to the league in the near future. Um, so whether that's 2023 or not, who knows, but silver has been quoted as saying that there, there's a change near, so well, it's going to be interesting for sure. Despite the, the rule change, despite the rule change, we still have to assume that Bronny James has to be good enough to go straight from high school to the NBA. That's a big if we don't really know what Bronny James is going to be. I mean, he's a sophomore in high school guys. Can we settle down? Can we settle down? No, because of his name. You can't. Oh my God. Anyways, moving on. Uh, AD. AD, the other Laker, also signed an incredible, incredible contract extension. Five years, $190 million, I believe. Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was the number. This $190 was one the- million. Yep. Yeah. This five years, $190 was the length. I did not think AD was going to sign a five-year deal. I thought it would have been a two, maybe three-year, but five years. He wants to be a Laker for life. He wants to close out his career in L.A., clearly. I don't know if there's any player options or any idea of him becoming a free agent probably ever again. So clearly they are probably going to win two or three more titles as long as LeBron's around and then whoever they decide to put LeBron put replace LeBron with whenever he eventually retires, or maybe the world will come to an end before that happens. Who knows with LeBron, 
do you like this deal for AD? I would have actually rather him seen him sign two or three and just kind of play it by ear with LeBron's career. No, I, I like the move because I, I just – I think that he wants to be in L.A. I mean, it's, it's a big market team. He's been used to playing in New Orleans his whole career. And I mean, he was there for a good, a good portion, you know, of his NBA reign that he'll have. And I think that he just wants a place where he knows – that you know they there's a better chance of them winning a title and grabbing another big name at any point in time regardless of if you know lebron's there or whatever once lebron leaves you know ad i guarantee he'll still be there after lebron's gone and i think that he just knows that they'll be able to pull other guys in just because they're the lakers he'll be able to he'll have more success with la in the next five years than he would have if he stayed there for two or three left and went somewhere else so I like the move for the perspective of AD, maybe not necessarily from the Lakers side of things. Cause I mean, the dude gets hurt, something like that happens, you know, hopefully he doesn't, but if he does, he just, you know, he's, he's going to be the kind of guy to just, you know, it, it'll take up a lot of cap space. Um, yeah. I mean, I like AD there. Uh, I think this team is going to be one that's going to be hard to get out for a really, really long time. We're going to slide into some college basketball, kind of give you a quick overview of that. It started. I'm so excited. We're watching some college basketball. I love college basketball. And I got to start off with another dagger to you. Texas beats UNC on a game winner. Now, listen, we talked about this earlier. Me being a Carolina fan means I'm a fan of heartbreak. And it happened again. And I hate that it was to Texas. Of all teams. Y'all struggle with Texas. I'm huge horns that energy. I know we lost to them in this in Maui. I'm pretty sure it was a Maui Invitational last year. Same time. I mean, last year was a different year. No, I'm horns down all day. But they lost to them in the beginning of the season last year, and you know that kind of put us in a bad spot for the rest of the year. They were unranked at that time. I'm less worried about that loss to Texas right now, just because they're a ranked team. You know, they were we were only like 14th, and they were 17. So it's not like it's a super huge loss. It's not like UVA losing to San Francisco, which is just flat out embarrassing. But I mean, I'm it. It hurt. It hurt watching that ball spin around the rim off the backboard and go back in with 0.1 seconds left on the clock. I turned the TV. I switched the game back over to the Ravens game as soon as that I saw that happen. And I can't even talk shit because Duke looked like shit. Duke uh, led the game for a majority of the first half. Looked like they were going to run Michigan State out of the gym. But then they kind of lulled into an offense where they got into ISO ball, forcing shots, taking bad shots, defensively didn't look great in the second half. So clearly Duke has some work to do. They have potential, but that game was really, really bad. And I think, honestly, I have to say, not having fans may have played a role in this game because you know in Cameron Indoor, if you get down by six, seven, eight, nine, ten points, you lose a lot of momentum there. When those Cameron crazies get behind Duke, then it, it changes the complexion of the game, I have to say. And they didn't have that, so that when they kind of got rattled, they didn't really have anything to fall back on energy-wise. Well, see, for me, I think that there's been a lot of conversation about, like, how much is this no fans thing really going to affect sporting events? And I guess I'm going to say, like, the NFL, yeah, it's, it's affected them a little bit, but, like, it's been, you know, I don't think it's been super crucial, super crazy. There's been other sporting events going on, but I don't think it's been super crucial, super crazy. I think college basketball – the lack of fans is going to have the biggest effect on those games because 100%. home court advantage is super crucial, especially when you're playing against a team like Duke in Cameron Indoor. I mean, I forget what it was. I know the teams going there have like some ridiculous record where they just don't win. Like it's impossible to win in Cameron. I hate it. UNC guy, I've, you know, it's been back and forth for years, but like I, you know, I always hate when UNC has to go to Duke and play them because playing in that stadium is absolutely ridiculous. 
And also, all these games just look like scrimmages to me, man. I just – I watched Baylor. They look good, but it still looked like a scrimmage. I watched Gonzaga. They look good. still looks like a scrimmage. And I just have to say, like, I love that I'm watching college basketball because I'm a college basketball fan. But if you're not a fan of college basketball, if you turn on a game to casually watch it, you're going to turn it off because it's not – it doesn't draw you in at all because there's no momentum shifts with crowds. It just doesn't exist. And I hate how much buzzer noise you can hear in the background. Yeah, like, I think I had it playing in my car, and it's just the worst noise I've ever heard. Yeah. Well, we're wrapping it up to quarter four, and we're on to my thing is, and it might get violent. Brad, take lead us away. You know, I've been waiting on this. I've been waiting to have this conversation for days. i got to whip my phone out because I – I had a tweet yesterday that I took a lot of time out of my day. Not really. It took me like five minutes to figure out. But my thing is the Pittsburgh Steelers are overrated. I'm unmuting, and I am going to be active in this. Just All right. So, so, so here's, here's, here's why it's my thing. Here's why I say that the Steelers are overrated. All right. So somebody, somebody commented on you know, my post yesterday. Let me, let, me, let me hold on. Let me get this up. So the Steelers' opponents – all right, this isn't including – I think I, I think I might have not included Baltimore the second time or something like that, but it doesn't really change it much because they're like five and five or whatever. The Steelers opponents this year that they've played are thirty five, sixty five, and two. Now I love I love I like the argument where it's you don't get to pick your schedule. I completely understand that, and I completely understand that you're supposed to go out, you win your games. They've done that. They've completely done that every single time. They go out, they beat the teams that they're playing against, whether it be by two points or whether it be by thirty, like they did to Cleveland. But the problem here is, is people are looking at them as a contender. Yeah, they're a contender to make it to the playoffs. Their schedule is so weak that they've – I mean, you can't even say that Baltimore's been a real opponent they've played because Baltimore has not been good. They've proved themselves wrong. They've proved themselves to not be great this year. They're not the team that they were a year ago. They're not the team that we've seen. They're, Lamar's not Lamar that we know from the past. Teams know how to shut them down. Once the Steelers get into the playoffs, they're going to lose in the first round playoff game that they play. They might get a first-round bye, okay? If they, if they don't lose a game this year, they'll have a first-round bye. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them lose the first game. Shoot, I know they're not getting past the Kansas City Chiefs. You can say whatever you want about the Chiefs, but they will run around the Pittsburgh Steelers. You done? For now. Okay. Before I get into the real statistics I have written down on this lovely piece of paper – I got to take a cheap shot at you. It blows my mind that you have so much confidence for a team that hasn't even won five games yet. But moving on, the first thing I have to say, 11 up, 11 down. I don't care what you say about the schedule. 11 wins is 11 wins. And it's – As I said. Do you understand how hard it is to win 11 <clears throat> games in the NFL? I mean, the yeah, Panthers, I my the Panthers I haven't my done it in like 10 years. They haven't done it in five years. We did it in 2015. They went 15-1 and went to the Super Bowl and lost. We still went 15-1. and We should have been undefeated, and we still lost the Super Bowl. So – they were still overrated to many people's perspectives, but I'm a Panthers fan, so I'm biased. Right. My other part is, and I'm glad you brought up the Kansas City Chiefs, the unfairness in the view of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the view of the Kansas City Chiefs is night and day. When we look at the Chiefs play, if they stumble, have a bad game, oh, this team has so much grit. We make excuses for them. They lost to the Raiders, and everybody was like, oh, it happens. They lose. You lose football games. But when the Steelers trip and almost lose – Everyone has to say, oh, they're not good. They're not as good as they think they are. See, they almost lost. And when you have to point to almost losses to see how bad a team is, then you really don't have much of an argument. 11 up, 11 down. That's my first point. Second point, you talk about how bad their schedule is. And I'll admit, their schedule hasn't been great. I know the teams they've played. I've watched every single one of them. They haven't really played. Great cupcake schedule. Let me finish. 
you first of all, you can only play who they give you. This isn't college football where you get to hand pick your schedule like Alabama does every year. You don't get to pick cupcakes. But everyone that's walked up to the Pittsburgh Steelers has gotten run through. That's the that's the level fact. But if you want to talk about schedule, let's talk about schedule. Would you say the Kansas City Chiefs are overrated? No. And no, then, right? Okay. And, I, and I know where you're about to go because you're about to go look at their schedule, but they've played a lot better opponents than the Pittsburgh Steelers have. Really? Have they? Because yes, the, the Raiders uh, would beat any, no, the no, Raiders no, no, would no, no, beat no, no. any team hold that – Hold on. Hold on. The Steelers' opponent's winning percentage is 47%. The Chiefs' opponent winning percentage is 50%. That includes the 0-10 Jets, the overrated Tom Brady and Buccaneers who don't know who they are. That includes Drew Locke twice. It includes a rookie Justin Herbert twice. Shall I continue, Brad? Sorry, this, the Steelers, I'm pretty sure, is like closer to 30%. It's 47% as of yesterday. Okay. I looked at it. Uh, if you want to go to pro football reference, it's 47%. But they've both played the Broncos. They both played pretty bad teams. But there's no drumbeat to tell me that the Chiefs are not great football, uh, not a great football team. They've played Tampa. Congratulations. They played Teddy Bridgewater. Congratulations. Is that a world beater in Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina? No. How many points they beat the Panthers by? Three. Two. The Chiefs. They only beat the Panthers by three. There's no drumbeat that they were overrated in that game. They only beat a rookie who got his first start two minutes before kickoff. He didn't know he was playing until two minutes before kickoff, and he almost beat him. There was no drumbeat for telling me that Kansas City was overrated. If you look at their upcoming schedules, the Kansas City Chiefs get to play the Dol- the Broncos, the Dolphins, who knows starting for quarterback at Saints, the Falcons, and the Chargers again. So you want to tell me that's not a cupcake five-game closing schedule? The no, Steelers- I'm not talking about their closing hold on, hold on, schedule. Let's talk about the Steelers- what they have done. The Steelers get to play an improving Washington football team. They get to play the Bills, Bengals, Colts, and Browns. That's a five-game stretch, two of which you could probably call cupcakes. The argument that the Browns are overrated is false. Just because we played them without Nick Chubb is not true. 38-7 to is not Nick Chubb's fault. Nobody saved us against the Titans. Steven Gitzkowski missed a field goal. We outplayed them for the, first two, for the first half of the ball anyways. Nobody saved us against the Ravens. They made their mistakes, but we capitalized on it. We turned two turnovers into two touchdowns, and we forced the turnovers when it mattered. You want to tell me they're a couple plays away from not being undefeated, but guess who made those plays? The Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know I'm coming from bias. I understand that. But if you look at the combined record of the future Chiefs games, it's 27-28. and 28. If you look at the combined record of the future Steelers games, it's 29-25-1. The schedules between the Steelers and Chiefs are not night and day different. I would argue they're pretty close to each other. They're not – I mean, I, under, I get – tell me, they played the, they played the Bucks. How good are the Bucks? We talk about we've talked about this on this podcast that the Bucks are not as good as we think they are. You can't. Yeah, but the Bucks are better. The Bucks are better than any team that the Steelers have played this year, and they've beat them. I'm not saying that's. Wrong. I think the Raiders. I think the Raiders are still better than any team, and the Bills are still better than any team that. Well, hold on. Pittsburgh played the Bills, didn't they? They play the Bills. Play them. Yeah. yeah. yeah sorry. <clears throat> sorry. Well, then I would still say that other than the Bills, I think the Bills are better than any team that. I can't say better than any team that they've played, but I think the Bills are the best team probably that the Raiders have, that the Steelers have played. I think the Raiders are in a way better than almost all but maybe one or two teams that the Steelers have played. And the Steelers would beat the Raiders, and it wouldn't be necessarily close. I don't think the Steelers would beat the Raiders. Oh. You don't think the Steelers would beat the Raiders? No. Wait a minute. This Raiders I don't think the Steelers would beat the Raiders. Just got the Raiders That's what I'm team, saying. The Raiders team that just got beat 43-6, that Raiders Yeah, they team. have a bad week. The Raiders are in and out. Yeah, I get that. The Raiders still beat the Chiefs. See, and the Chiefs are still the best team in football. Here's my issue with these arguments. When we talk about the Steelers, they have to be perfect. But when we talk about other teams, oh, they can have bad, bad weeks. They can have stumbles. 
At the end of the day, the Steelers are 11 and 0. Am I saying they're going to go 16 and 0? No, but I'm pretty sure that if the Steelers and Chiefs face, this game would be closer than everybody's telling me. I've acknowledged. No, I would say it'd be. I would say it'd be close because the Chiefs will toy with them. Like I said, they got the donut on the end of the fishing pole, and there's a fat person running at it. And the Steelers are going to be on the treadmill, and Patrick Mahomes is going to be holding the fishing pole with the donut, and he's never going to let Big Ben have it. Well, I think. You're kind of sly. You're, you're getting a little overconfident with these Chiefs now. I, I, they are a great football team. They score in bunches. But we just like the Chiefs because they can score fast. Yeah, they can score fast, and I think their defense is, is, is solid enough to allow that, the offense to score more points than a team's going to score against them. Well, the Chiefs' defense would be able to shut down Big Ben's offense, whatever he has going over there. Their defense is good, but I still think Patrick Mahomes would still tear him up. Why? The Steelers have an assortment of receivers that I don't see that Chiefs secondary being able, being able to handle. I think it would be a shootout. I don't know that the Steelers would win the game. Now, is it a blowout on the part of Kansas City? Absolutely not. You're overrated. I think if I think of wearing the play, I think if I think of wearing the playoffs, the Chiefs will blow them out. Uh, we have a little bit of recency bias with the Steelers. I know they weren't good last year because of who they had to start at quarterback. They had to start like two or three different guys. But this Steelers team is the real real deal. I mean, yeah, they don't do it pretty, but they win every time they play. And they acknowledged last time that they didn't play well. And I guarantee you when they go play Washington, this game's not going to be great for Washington. I hate, I hate to tell you. I have supreme confidence in this Washington or win. Because... So now you're trolling. So no, now you're... I really do. I really do have full so faith and full trolling. belief that Washington will beat the Steelers. That is not a troll. That is Can serious. Can you give me a reason why? Just cause exactly. I feel like you win. can't. You don't know. <laughs> No, but the, I feel like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh loses a game that they're supposed to win. And, uh, yes, they've come close, and there's been many times. There's been games that they're not supposed to win if they've won them. But, like I said, there's a game. There's always a game that they're supposed to win, which has been multiple times this year. They've won them so far. But there's always one that they're going to drop, and it's going to be this week on Monday Also, night. the Steelers have a better margin of victory than the Chiefs. We're sitting at 13. They're sitting at 10, which is crazy. But, yeah, but I still think the Chiefs have played a stronger schedule. So, Here's my thing. If – you know, when the Chiefs lose, only win by three, they get all the credit in the world. When the Steelers only win by three, they're, it's because they're not good. I don't, I don't really understand the argument, like what the hate, where it's coming from with the Steelers. The team that trotted themselves out there Wednesday night is not beating the Chiefs at all. Who, if that team shows up, that team will get blown out. Yeah, but which version of Pittsburgh can you bring out there and win? Because I don't think I've seen a version of them yet, unless you want to count the one against Cleveland, but like – it's, it's the team that's 11-0. and 0. I mean, they win the games they have to win. Everybody told me the Titans were going to beat them. Didn't do it. Everybody told me the Ravens were going to beat them. They didn't do it twice. Everyone, everyone told me that Cleveland was going to beat them. Didn't do it. I mean, you keep, right. we keep talking about, oh, this is a trap game. Oh, this is an upset game. This and that, whatever. And we just blow every team out. Uh, or not blow every team out, but we win the team. We're t- we beat the teams we're supposed to beat. It's 11 guys that have tried to stop us, and they just haven't. I okay, understand. So, so me, I understand. They're not going to go sixteen and zero. The argument is not that they're going to be undefeated. I think because we're undefeated, everybody's like, "Oh, they're going to win the Super Bowl." They're they're having a great season. There is a chance that they could win a Super Bowl. They're, it's not out of the realm of possibility. If they have a first round buy and have a first game in Pittsburgh, they're not losing that game because they yeah. historically don't. This defense is different than it ever has been. This offense is different than it ever has been. I would not put my money on the Steelers not ha- not having a chance in the AFC title game. I just wouldn't do it. No. 
I put all my money misery, against Pittsburgh. Misery really does love company. I put all my money it's against Pittsburgh. It's funny that people that tell me all these bad things about Pittsburgh are fans of the four and seven, the four and seven football team, the four and seven Panthers. It's everyone on the bottom that's really talking up to the giant. When you win, when you bump yourself over five hundred, then we can have this conversation. No, I mean I still think I can have this conversation with you because I know I'm going to be right at the end of the at the end of the day. I know for a fact that Pittsburgh will not set foot in the Super Bowl this year. They might no, not. They, there's a very good chance in my mind that they don't even set foot in the AFC Championship game this year. That's incredibly false. Incredible. I think it's very true. And and listen and listen. Well, we're gonna we're gonna come back to this. We're gonna come back to this in January. When Pittsburgh loses their first game to God knows who. I don't know who will be there. I mean, the AFC's, you know. You've been bad. telling me they're overrated for the past 11 weeks. And yes, and I'm going to stand by it because once they get to the playoffs, they're going to lose, and then you'll see that they were overrated because they're going to play a team that uh, knows how to play football for four quarters. Which Every single one of these teams yet. knows how to play football. This is the professional. This is the NFL. This is professional football. These are professional football players. We're going to call the Jets professional football players. The Chiefs played the Jets. The Chiefs played and the Jets. And they beat them by 30. They're supposed to. It's the Jets. You can't tell me that you can't make that argument. Yeah, that but, was you can't call all, but you can't call these teams professionals if we're going to talk about the Jets. Okay. The Chiefs were the ones that played the Jets. I'm, not, I'm just saying that the Chiefs' schedule is eerily similar to the Steelers. It's not that night and day difference. The one team that the Steelers probably haven't played the caliber of is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that team's not even. They're 7-4 and four right now. 7-5. I and think five. they would beat Pittsburgh. No. Not at all. Yes. Yes. Not at all. Yes. That team doesn't know who they are, and you're. Yeah, but I know that Tom would bring them together for that one game and just beat the brakes off. Now you're getting into like philosophical Tom Brady. Not even philosophical. I just know he would. Really spitting any fat. You just keep telling. It's go Tom Brady. It's go Tom Brady. He couldn't do it against Kansas City. That's because Kansas City's built different. So different. You're coming at me with things that are not based in fact, and that's the, the best offense that's in the, the league. That's the typical argument of someone who Tyreek Hill had what what 250 yards in the first quarter against Tampa. Yes, he they're have, a flashy team. They do things excitingly, but that doesn't mean they're unbeatable. The Raiders laid out a plan on how to beat Kansas City. I think we should. I think the Steelers can emulate that plan. Yeah, but I don't think they'll run it to this to to. Uh, I don't think they'll run it effectively enough. I think that the Chiefs have probably gone back and figured out how to beat them because they beat them the second time they played them. So, yeah, they only beat them the second time they played them because they got the ball with a minute and fifty left to go. That's the one right, thing so, about the Chiefs. If you you have to be up ten with a minute and fifty. Right. Left. So listen. That's, so listen. That's listen. how it has to be. So so when the Chiefs just beat a team by a little bit. That doesn't impress you, but when the Steelers do, it's impressive to you. Because now I'm confused where your argument's coming from. Because now you're that's telling the me argument. The Chiefs, you make. That's the argument no, everyone listen, makes about Pittsburgh. Make you the have been telling me this whole time that the Steelers don't get credit for barely beating teams, and it no, I'm like just you're offended no, that they no, don't. No. What I said but when was, other team when other teams barely beat somebody like the Chiefs, barely beating the Raiders, who are better than 90 percent of the teams that the Steelers have played this year, and they still barely beat them. They still beat them. So what's it matter? If no, my, 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 my point is, is there, a, there is a double standard. I'm saying when the Chiefs only win by a little bit, there's crickets. When the Steelers only win by a little bit, it's an indictment against who they are as a football team. That's my point. Being 11 and 0. So you're telling me that when You don't want to be at the top, then, then, then jump off. I don't know what to tell you. Like, if you can't handle the heat because you're number one, then, then get out of the way. See, now this isn't even a part of the argument. We're 11-0. I'm arguing that the 11-0 team doesn't get enough respect. Because they don't deserve I'm saying, 
Of course they do. They're 11 and 0. No. You can't I'll talk them, shit about I, an 11 like team sitting at okay. 4 and 7. You just can't do it. We never. Why are you keep bringing Carolina into this? I get it. We're 4 and 7. I'm not trying to tell you that Carolina's better than I Pittsburgh. I put you in the Carolina camp. I'm a Steeler. You're a Panther. You're 4 and 7. I'm 11 and 0. We can have this conversation round and round and round. Honestly, I kind of like that you put win me more in the than camp. 5 games. Then we can talk. All right. Well, if we didn't have a bye, we would be able to talk on Monday. We have a bye this week, and yeah. we'll probably lose to the bye week. So, yeah, exactly. And another thing I want to point out, which no one has commented on, I don't want to make excuses for the Steelers, but the Steelers have gotten this many breaks when it comes to COVID scheduling. They were supposed to have their bye in week eight before their first Steelers, for their first game with the Ravens. They got their bye in week four when they didn't need it and it wasn't scheduled. The Titans faced zero repercussions for not following protocol. The Ravens don't follow COVID protocol and get the game postponed three times. And then everybody wants to tell me the Steelers are bad because they had to play a game at Wednesday on a 3-4 and they were supposed to play primetime Thursday night. I would have wanted to play on Thursday night, played primetime Lamar Jackson and beat Lamar Jackson on Thanksgiving. The Steelers don't catch breaks there. If this was happening with the Chiefs, the NFL would be bending over backwards to make sure that the Chiefs got the perfect schedule for themselves. And you can't tell me they wouldn't. You can't tell me they wouldn't. All I've got to say is, is we had a conversation similar to this earlier when we were talking Ohio State. So what you're telling me with this is if you were an Ohio State fan, you would be crying home to your mother because they might not make the college football playoff because they didn't get to play enough football games. No, no, no. The Steelers play. The Steelers play when they were told to play. It's the idea that they don't – there's nobody acknowledging the fact that the Steelers are still winning football games when they have to play an unpredictable – 35-man, third-string third quarterback. Unpredictable Ravens unpredictability the of the schedule. You want me to be impressed unpredictability by that? Unpredictability of not. the – I'm not, I'm no, not saying I, I'm I impressed it. by the I win last it. night either. Yeah, but I get it. You could talk about the unpredictability. You have to give them credit. They show up, they play, they win whenever they're told to show up and play. I mean, this game got postponed three different times. You expect them to come out with tip-top energy? No, the game was 12-7. should have been 35-7 because they dropped three touchdowns. Well, it also, they also should have been up at halftime, but the Steelers cheated right going into the half. But, you know, that's a story for another day. See, when you're at the top, and I want everybody to know this, when you're at the top. No, they actually committed a penalty right at the end of the half. It was never called. It, down. it was 100% a penalty. There was a delay of game on the defense. It was never called, and it would have put the Ravens up at halftime and probably would have changed the outcome of that football game. Well, instead of trying to run the ball in or spike it when they had third down, they tried to throw it, and Minka Fitzpatrick made a good play. So there was another, there was another call the Ravens could have made, and they didn't make it. Yeah, but there still should have been a penalty, so they wouldn't have been put in that position. Should have, would have, could have. You could have spiked the ball, kicked it, been tied 12. You could have been 12-10 at half instead of 12-7. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying to me, but the point is, if you're going to tell me the Steelers, the Steelers are overrated, are. then you have to tell me the Chiefs are not as good as you think they are. No, the Chiefs are the best team in the league. I'm not, you can't tell me the Chiefs are up here and the Steelers are down here when they played schedules that are probably about here. I'm not saying the Steelers are the same as the Chiefs, but they're not, uh, they're, it's not a Grand Canyon separation. Maybe not the Grand Canyon, but I still think there's a mar- big... Pretty, the reason that everybody's trying telling me, saying that the Steelers are overrated is because everybody said they're going to be 7-9, and 8-8. And they're eleven and zero, and you keep reeling for excuses as to why they're seven and zero, they're or why they're eleven and zero. Hey, they're eleven and zero. Talk to me when they get blown out. If they lose, if they lose to the football team, forty-five to seven, then we can talk all the live long day about how overrated Listen, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are. could go, they could go sixteen and zero for all I care. Because once the playoffs start, they're zero and zero, and they're going to be zero and one going home. We're done with this conversation. 
you can't talk about the future to tell me that they're overrated right now because right now at they 11, are overrated right now perfectly rated they're the set they're ranked they're two in power rankings and they haven't even lost a game they're still they're still overrated not not even close to overrated they're overrated. We'll put respect on the Steelers by the time the season's over. That is it. That's wraps. We've gone way over as it is. Thank you for joining us for four quarters, episode 14. Don't let me into my zone. Don't let me into my zone. I'm definitely in my zone.